Support for the evening newscast comes from Bay Realty. Listing and selling homes, lots, acreage, multifamily commercial properties, and property management in the southern Kenai Peninsula since 1974. Learn more at bayrealtyalaska.com or by calling 235-6183. Additional support for the evening news comes from Duncan House Diner, owned and operated by the Gamble family for over 20 years. Proudly feeding Homer for three generations. Dine in at 125 East Pioneer or order online at duncanhousehomer.com. Good afternoon, you're listening to KBBI AM 890 in Homer and K201AO on 88.1 FM in Seward. I'm Corinne Smith with some local news on this Wednesday, March 8, 2023, International Women's Day. Pharmacy giant Walgreens is going back on a decision to offer the abortion pill Mifepristone in Alaska, following pushback from the state's attorney general and 19 others nationwide. Abortion pills are still available through medical providers, but as KDLL's Riley Board reports on the Kenai Peninsula, doctors say Walgreens' decision could create new barriers and increase stigma. In January, the FDA approved the abortion pill Mifepristone for retail in pharmacies like Walgreens, which announced shortly after that it would offer the pills in stores and by mail. There are 11 Walgreens locations in Alaska, including one in Soldotna. But now, the company is taking that back. In their letter, Alaska Attorney General Treg Taylor and the other Republican Attorneys General urged Walgreens not to sell the abortion pill by mail and threatened legal action. The pharmacy chain agreed yesterday to not offer the drug in Alaska or the other objecting states. Abortion is legal in Alaska, unlike several of the other states that signed on. Dr. Robin Holmes is a Homer-based family medicine physician who specializes in reproductive health care and is a fellow with Physicians for Reproductive Health. She says Alaska's landscape creates unique challenges for abortion access and that the announcement from Walgreens could have repercussions even in communities where the company does not have stores. Many, many remote places that may be off the road system or even some communities on the road system only have access to medications through the mail, and that can be provided by many of these large chains. Holmes says despite the language of the letter, the pill is a safe and well-researched option. In 2021, it was the second most common method of abortion in Alaska. She says as it stands, Alaskans seeking the pill now have to get it through a healthcare provider at a clinic. What this was proposing And what Walgreens has decided not to proceed with is that a prescriber could prescribe this pill and you could go to a pharmacy and pick it up just like you could any other medication, like for your diabetes or your asthma. Holmes says going to a provider's office to get a pill can be hard in parts of Alaska with few doctors. She also worries the change sends a message about the role that politics can play in medical access in the state. Stigma plays a big role in access to reproductive health care in this state. So what I'm worried about moving forward is that Walgreens changing their policies due to political pressure is going to further the dangerous stigma. In their letter, the attorneys general write that they see it as their responsibility to, quote, uphold the law and protect the health, safety, and well-being of women and unborn children in our states. In Kenai, I'm Riley Board. Spring is around the corner and snowmelt will soon be rushing into Kachemak Bay and Cook Inlet from streams and rivers along the Kenai Peninsula. 
The mixing of fresh and salt water makes Kachemak Bay one of the most diverse estuaries in Alaska, stretching along 320 miles of shoreline. KBBI's Sean McDermott spoke with Chris Holdreed, director of the Kasitsna Bay Laboratory, a marine research and teaching facility near Seldovia. There was a recent social media campaign to celebrate estuaries nationwide, but here in Homer, it seems like something we should probably be thinking about every day. So I was hoping to start, you could help listeners understand the essentials of what estuaries are and what that means for the Kenai Peninsula. Yeah, so estuaries are, you know, in its simplest description, it's a place where salt and fresh water are meeting. And we care a lot about them because that mixing of salt and fresh, the kind of usually bit complicated uh, shorelines and things like that, particularly here in Ketchmack Bay and Cook Inlet, are places that also make lots of locations for life. Estuaries have very complex habitats both for the water and along the shore that are great for a lot of life to grow. And so whether you're talking about the microscopic life in the water, the plants that fuel everything else in the marine food web, or you're going all the way up to whales and otters and birds and, you know, the fish that we like harvesting, estuaries are great places for all that life to get started and to grow. How does Kachemak Bay and Cook Inlet being estuaries, how does that shape what life looks like here, both for people and wildlife? We are lucky enough to be in a part of the Gulf of Alaska that is a very rich marine area. It's very productive. That happens because you have a lot of phytoplankton, so the plants, the microscopic plants of the water that is the beginning of the marine food web, which then little larger microscopic animals eat and then slightly larger ones and then fish and then birds and whales. Some of the whales, of course, eat the plankton too because this mixing of different waters and this bringing of nutrients into places where there's light and where things are pulled together oceanographically between the runoff of the fresh water from the land and the bringing in of salt water in the ocean uh, just creates places where there's a lot of growth and a lot of gathering of food. That makes it a place where we, <laughs> as humans, like to come and like to live and play and recreate and harvest. So it becomes a place where humans have liked to be for a long time. One of the things that I was struck by learning a little bit more about estuaries is how they can both be vulnerable and resilient to climate change. And I was wondering if you could walk me through some of the challenges estuaries might face here and some of the hope that they can offer. Yeah, one of the things with estuaries is estuaries are the place where the watershed is intersecting with the ocean. And so part of that means they are going to get input of water from rivers and, you know, runoff of land, and people add things to the water, right? We add pollution, we add, we put fertilizer on, which then runs off into the waters, and that that can cause problems. But there's a lot of processes in the salt marsh and in the mudflats that actually help degrade some of these pollutants. So estuaries have the ability to be resilient to certain additions. And then if you remove the habitats that do that, if you remove the marshes and those things, then you lose that filtering effect. With respect to climate change, estuaries are places animals and plants are adapted to a wide range of conditions. So if you think about Kachemak Bay, the plants 
in the inner title have to deal with being exposed to air. In the wintertime, being exposed to air that's at below freezing temperatures into being underwater, being exposed to the big range of both temperature and salinity conditions. And so they've got to be pretty hardy to be able to be in that environment at all. So with climate change, they have a certain, I'll say, built-in resilience because they're already in an environment that sees a lot of change, naturally sees a lot of change. But like anything, there's limitations to that, right? And so one of the things that we look for in research is are there thresholds above which it's going to be too much? And what are the thresholds over which things just won't survive? That was Chris Holdry, director of the Kasitsna Bay Laboratory. You can learn more about estuaries and ongoing research around the bay through the Kachemak Bay National Estuarine Research Reserve. And that's the news from Homer. I'm Corinne Smith, and you're listening to KBBI AM 890 and K201AO on 88.1 FM in Seward. Find us online at kbbi.org. Thanks for tuning in.